the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. TalkFaith.com. W262CP, Bayonet Point. WTBN, Pinellas Park. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Folks, be prepared for this. If you want to be sold out to Jesus Christ with all of your heart and all devotion to him, there's always going to be somebody, and usually somebody close to you, who wants to throw a wet blanket over your zeal for Christ. Many times it's a spouse, sometimes it's a child who has no clue as to your commitment to Jesus Christ, and you look like fools in their eyes. Sometimes it's a friend, a parent, Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse, a radio Bible class of the air taught by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel. Lakeside is located in Clearwater, Florida, and Pastor Steve has been serving there for over 27 years. We at Verse by Verse Ministries hope that you have found these classes to be an aid in your spiritual growth. We have been studying for the past several weeks the life of King David, the greatest king in the history of Israel. David has taught us many lessons. And today on Verse by Verse, Pastor Steve will be concluding a message about the obstacles we encounter when we try to obey God. Our main text these past two days has been 2 Samuel chapter 6, so keep a marker in that spot while we take a look at Revelation chapter 2. One of the Apostle Paul's criticisms of the church in Corinth was that they were exercising their spiritual gifts, but were doing it in an unloving way. They thought they were being obedient, but because they were doing it the wrong way, they were not as obedient as they thought. The Corinthians were not the only believers with that problem, as we are about to see. Now, here's Pastor Steve. You know, there was a a church, a whole church that Jesus condemned who had this. In uh, Revelation chapter 2, the church at Ephesus was just like this. Revelation chapter 2, Jesus said to the angel in, in Chapter 2, verse 1, to the angel of the church in Ephesus write, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands says this, I know your deeds, your toil, your perseverance, and that you cannot endure evil men, and that you put to the test those who call themselves apostles, and they are not, and you found them to be false. Isn't that good? They were busy, they were active, they were sound doctrinally, and you've persevered and you've endured for my namesake and have not grown weary. So they were persecuted and they continued on in the faith, and that's good. Jesus said, but I have this against you, that you have left your first love. You have left your first love. And he said, you need to repent. You need to remember from where you're fallen. You need to repent and do the deeds you did at first or else I'm going to come and close the church up. That's what he means. Not that you're going to lose any salvation. I'm going to close the church up. They were called to repent because they were guilty of busyness without devotion to Jesus Christ. You see, that's not obedience. That's not obedience. Jesus said you need to repent. We, we can do this in a lot of ways. We could be very hospitable and have people over all the time. But you know what? We complain about it. How can we have to have them over? Who gives us extra money to go out and get food? For 
I never seem to have any time to myself. Well, 1 Peter 4, 9 says, be hospitable, have a fervency of love for the brethren, but do it without complaining. How about our, our service for our employers? Colossians 3 says that do it unto the Lord. You serve the Lord. How about you students? You go to school and uh, maybe you don't like your teachers. Maybe you do like your teachers. Maybe um, you need to remember what Colossians says that you don't do anything just to please your teachers or even get a good grade. You do it unto the Lord. You're serving the Lord Jesus. Do it with all your heart. So anything that's half-hearted, anything that's done just to please people, just to get a good grade, without seeing that God has put somebody in authority over you, and you're to do your service single-mindedly unto him, anything less than that is not obedience. See, that's why I said it's very subtle. Because we think, well, I'm obeying. I'm doing what's right. I'm being hospitable. I'm serving. I'm in a ministry. I'm giving. I'm using my gifts. What more do you want? God wants your heart. That's what he wants. He wants heart obedience. Uzzah and David didn't realize how holy God was. And because God is holy, he looks upon the heart. He wants your heart, not just the external motions. Now, going back to 2 Samuel 6, we find that David has left the Ark of the Covenant at the home of uh, Obed-Edom, and, and then he's returned to Jerusalem, and he doesn't know what to do with it. It's there for three months, and then notice verses 12 through 13. Now, it was told David, King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him on account of the Ark of God. And David went and brought up the Ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. And, it, and so it was that uh, when the bearers of the Ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed an ox and a fatling. What happened? Something happened within those three months to change David's mind. First, he said, I'm going to leave it there because I don't know what to do. Now, with gladness, he's got it going towards Jerusalem and he brings it to Jerusalem, which is called the city of, of David now. And uh, what's going on? Well, what 2 Samuel chapter 6 doesn't tell us, 1 Chronicles 15, 11 through 15 does. And I'd like you to turn there. It's just a few books over. First Chronicles, it's a parallel passage, and that's how you study the Bible. You compare Scripture with Scripture. First Chronicles 15, verse 11 says this, and if you can't find it, don't worry about it. Just listen. Then David called for Zadok and Abathar, the priests and the Levites, for Uriel, Asiah, Joel, Shemaiah, Eliel, and uh, Aminadab, and he said to them, you are the heads of of the father's households of the Levites, consecrate yourselves, both you and your relatives, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord, the God of Israel, to the place that I have prepared for it, because you did not carry it at the first. It was only the Levites who were instructed to carry it. You did not carry it at the first. The Lord our God made an outburst on us, for we did not seek him according to the ordinance. So the priests and the Levites consecrated themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel. And the sons of the Levites carried the ark of God where? On their shoulders with the poles thereon, as Moses had commanded them according to the word of God. You know what happened in these three months? David did a little, did a little Bible study. That's what happened. David got into the law and realized, uh-oh, I did the wrong thing. That's why God did this outburst. I am wrong. And David corrected it, and he humbly changed. That's called repentance. And he said, let's do what's right now. Let's have full and complete obedience. You know how you overcome the obstacle of incomplete obedience? Lovelessness? Improper motivation? 
going through the motions on the outside, no matter what your ministry could be. You know how you overcome it? You get into the Word of God and you see what God says and you change and you adjust your thinking and your attitude and your behavior to be like David. Fully obedient to the Word of God. This is, this is how we apply this. This is how it's relevant to us. If you go on doing the right things for the wrong reasons or with less than a proper attitude, then it's not obedience, it's incomplete obedience. God demands Total obedience. You've got to humble yourself and make the necessary changes. Get into the word of God. Cry out to God in prayer. Get alone with him and say, God, search my heart. Convict me of sin and help me to begin to practice what I need to practice. There are many, many believers who think they're obedient when they're really not because they've forgotten to put their heart into it. You see, this, is, this just gives us one insight as to why David was called a man of, uh, after God's own heart. He blew it so many times. Have you, are you seeing that? That, you know, you read this as you're following this series and you go, man after God's own heart. This guy was really sinful. But the point is that he always came back to do what's right. That's why he's a man after God's own heart. He had his ups and downs, and that's why this is such a great series to follow because we can relate to this guy. We can relate to this guy. He's like us. But he's always coming back to doing what's right. Always coming back. And uh, so that's how you overcome the first obstacle to obedience. Get in the word and humbly make the necessary changes. There's a second obstacle to overcoming obedience to God. The second obstacle that has to be overcome, it's not overcoming obedience, but it's overcoming an obstacle to obedience. And that is, the first was incomplete obedience. The second is antagonism towards complete obedience. Notice verses 14 and 15. David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And I bet you're wanting me to comment on David's dancing. I'm not going to. David danced before the Lord. Do you want to dance before the Lord? Do it. Now that David's obedience is complete. Say what? What's that? All right. Now that David's obedience is complete, you know what? The joy of the Lord has swept over him. He's a happy man. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in the Lord but to do that. And David's a a man who's so happy that he's dancing before the Lord. He's leaping up and down. He's a man whose emotions have been aroused that day. He is one happy believer in the Lord. And he's so happy because why? Because he's fully obeying the Lord God. He's got his act together, and that's what brings happiness in the Lord. But there is another obstacle to his obedience that he's about to, to face. And it's one that we face as well. It's a very serious one. Verses 16 through 19. And it happened as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David that Michael, remember her? His first wife, the daughter of Saul, looked out the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. She despised him. So they brought in the ark of the Lord they set it in its place inside the tent which David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. 
Furthermore, he distributed to all the people, to all the multitude of Israel, both to men and women, a cake of bread and one of dates and one of raisins to each one. Then all the people departed each to his house. So while David was leaping around, his first wife, Saul's daughter, Michael, looked out the window, saw him dancing and leaping, and and it says that she despised him. Now, why? Why did she despise him? What is this about? Was he doing a dance that she didn't like? What, What was it? Verse 20 tells us, But when David returned to bless his household, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how the and she's being sarcastic, how the king of Israel distinguished himself today. He uncovered himself today in the eyes of his servants maids as one of the foolish ones shamelessly uncovers himself. What's she talking about? You know what? You know what her problem was? She's embarrassed with David's fanaticism. His zeal and passion for the Lord was an embarrassment to her. She, she was too dignified for this. She was humiliated by this. Apparently, David took off his royal clothing, his clothing as a king, and threw it down and looked like a commoner and was dancing and leaping with the people. And uh, she couldn't stand that. She couldn't stand that. She was embarrassed that the great king would look like this. He was, he was too undignified for her. Folks, be prepared for this. If you want to be sold out to Jesus Christ with all of your heart and all devotion to him, there's always going to be somebody, and usually somebody close to you, who wants to throw a wet blanket over your zeal for Christ. Many times, it's a, it's a spouse. Many times, a husband or wife. Sometimes, it's a child who has no clue as to your commitment to Jesus Christ. And, and you look like fools in their eyes. Sometimes it's a friend, a parent. Uh, I, I remember when I came to Christ as a freshman at the University of South Florida that I basically lost all my friends. I didn't want anything to do with me. You know, it was all right when I was messed up in my thinking. But now that I was getting my act together, I started talking about Jesus Christ and obeyed, obedience to him. They didn't like that. And I remember shortly after I came to faith in the Lord, my brother visited me at USF and he said, you're not going to be one of these guys who hands out tracks at the at corners, are you? No, I'm going to go to Italy and hand out tracks everywhere in the square. That's, but, um, but see, in his mind, that was an embarrassment. His brother was going to be like one of those religious nuts out there, he didn't call it a tract, I guess it was literature or something, handing out things. See, people are very comfortable with your lukewarmness for Christ. They're comfortable with that. But when you begin to really be committed to Christ, they're turned off by that. Their attitude is, you've turned into a fanatic. What's happened to you? You see, they'll despise you for your wholehearted devotion to Jesus Christ. They'll tolerate your being, let's say, religious. But when Jesus comes first in everything, it's distasteful to them. It's an embarrassment to them. Do you know what? This ought to be a great encouragement to you. Even the Lord Jesus himself, while on earth, faced this. If you look at Mark chapter 3, this ought to be a great encouragement to everyone going through this. And there are people, I know that there are people who go through this. And it is very, very difficult. In Mark chapter 3, remember this story? It says that Jesus came home and the multitude gathered. Verse 20, Mark 3, verse 20. He came home and the multitude gathered again to such an extent that that, that he could not even eat a meal. They couldn't even, they were just too busy. 
And when his own people heard of this, they went out to take custody of him, for they were saying he's lost his senses. You know, Jesus, it's all right if you want to travel around and, you know, talk to some people, heal a few people. But man, when you're too busy that you start missing meals, you've lost your mind. What are you doing? What has your place turned into? And it said they went and they got his mothers and brothers. And the story goes on. And that's where Jesus said, who are my, who, who is my mother? Who are my brethren? But see, they said, you've lost your mind. You've lost your mind. What, what are you doing? So even our Lord's family could not handle his absolute devotion to the point that food would not be as important to him as people and serving the Lord. So how do you overcome this obstacle? And this really is an obstacle. People you love dearly who put you in a position of being torn between them and Jesus Christ. Well, I think we're given insight into David's response. Verse 20, 21 rather. So David said to Michael, It was all before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will celebrate before the Lord and I will be more lightly esteemed than this and will be humble in my own eyes. But with the maids of whom you have spoken with them, I'll be distinguished. In other words, if you think that I was undignified, and uh, humble amongst the people when I danced. Michael, you haven't seen anything yet because God has called me to be like this. And I'm going to continue. You know, David's response is basically this. Regardless of what she thinks, he's going to honor the Lord. It's a great encouragement to us. He's going to honor the Lord with humility and obedience. David is determined to obey God with zeal and with passion, even if his wife doesn't understand Does that say anything to us? Sure it does. That's the way you and I overcome these obstacles to obedience. You don't let other people put out the fire in your heart for Christ. And they'll try. And there have been some who have compromised and turned back. You may have a spouse who does not understand you. Can't imagine what you do at church on Sunday. and Why you want to go there. Can't imagine why you want to study your Bible. Can't imagine why you want to be ethical on on taxes and all kinds of things like that. Can't imagine that. Or even a child who just doesn't understand your commitment to Jesus Christ. Doesn't understand the depth of your character. Doesn't understand that you you don't cut corners on obeying the law and things like that. and, And that he comes first. Or a friend or a loved one. They don't understand and comprehend the priceless treasure you have in Jesus Don't compromise that. Don't compromise that. You know what? There's no question about it. It's painful. It hurts. But God will give you grace. You do what David did. Your attitude is, I'm going to follow Christ whether you approve of it or not. Jesus made it very clear that he had to come first before even our loved ones. Remember in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus said these very pointed words. Verse 37, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Now, does that mean we don't love our moms and our dads? No, you just don't love them more than Christ. Not worthy of me if you put them first. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He must have preeminence. That doesn't mean that you treat them poorly. It just means that he comes first. You cannot let family and friends keep you from being sold out to Jesus Christ. 
The story in 2 Samuel closes on a rather sad note. It says in verse 23, And Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child to the day of her death. Apparently, David at this point separated from Michael, and she never had any children. And while that would not be the New Testament uh, teaching on how to deal with a spouse who, uh, who doesn't, who's not a believer, uh, that would not be the New Testament teaching. It does reveal that David was so concerned about obedience to the Lord that he wasn't about to let anything or anyone hinder him. We would not approve of, of necessarily what David did in separating from her. Of course, we, we would not approve of David having many wives to begin with. You don't look to David for family uh, help. But we do look to him for commitment and being a man with great, with great zeal. I wonder, how about yourself? Is there anything that you're going to let keep you, uh, going to, to keep you from absolute obedience, full obedience to God? There are obstacles. Don't let them hinder you. How obedient are you? Is your obedience incomplete? As you look at your life, what is your obedience like? Are there sinful attitudes there? Are you, are you involved in perhaps ministry, but things are not right with you and somebody else? It, it's, it's not right. Half-hearted devotion. Maybe you've been uh, part of even the leadership of this church for years, and you know, you're sick of the meetings. You're sick of things. Maybe you want things to get done a little quicker. And maybe you're, you're wishing, why did I ever get into this to begin with? Half-hearted devotion. Doing the right things, but maybe for the wrong reasons. Do you know what you need to do? You need to repent. You need to repent. God is so holy that attitudes are just as important as actions. In fact, they're more important because from our attitudes, actions stem. How about this? If you're facing antagonism of somebody else as you're following Christ, are you, are you allowing them to keep you from doing what's right? Are you allowing them to, to pour cold water on your commitment? You'd like to really be sold out for Christ, but that other person wouldn't really understand. It would cause problems. And you know what Jesus went on to say in Matthew chapter 10? I didn't come to bring peace between families. I came to bring a sword. Meaning that he will divide families if one wants to follow Christ and the other doesn't. And it's a matter of obedience. As we think about these things, let's just bow for prayer right now. Let's close our eyes, bow for prayer. What attitudes do you need to straighten out? Before this day is up, don't let the sun go down upon things that are not resolved. What do you need to say to the Lord? What does he put his finger on today? This is our time. We talk about worship. This is our worship. This is responding to him. This is our our time of, of response to the word of God. And I'm going to give you a few moments now to be still in his presence, to speak to him, and to get all that you need to straightened out. Whatever God has put his finger on today, you need to deal with. Is there some repentance you need to do? And do it now. Don't let this stuff harden. Don't let your attitude get hard. God wants obedience inwardly, outwardly. Don't go through the motions of obedience. That's the only way you'll be happy, is to repent and, and obey. You're facing antagonism at home, maybe a loved one who's not at home, but they keep trying to put the fire out. You stir the flame. You stir the flame. 
For those of you who have never trusted Christ as we're quiet before him, the first step of obedience in following Christ is to turn from our sin and to trust that Jesus Christ has died for your sins. He died on the cross as payment for your sin. Mark Altroge wrote a song that should express the desire of our hearts after hearing what Pastor Steve just shared with us. It is called One Pure and Holy Passion. The chorus says, Give me one pure and holy passion. Give me one magnificent obsession. Give me one glorious ambition for my life to know and follow hard after you. May the Lord give us such a passion to know and follow hard after him that nothing can hinder our obedience. Thanks for joining us today for Verse by Verse. Our teacher is Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Since 1981, Pastor Steve's clear, practical messages have been encouraging and challenging the people of Lakeside. We at Verse by Verse Ministries are delighted to be able to bring them to your radio. We are a faith ministry supported by caring listeners like you. You can find us on the web at versebyverseradio, all one word, dot O-R-G. To order a CD or cassette with this entire three-part message, call us at 727-239-0306. Leave your name and phone number and we'll return your call during regular office hours. If you are a parent, you know that sometimes the word no can be the most loving response we can give to our children. In fact, a sharp no just might save a child's life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.